Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to What Do You Say Anime. I am your host, Peter. And on today's episode, Miles and myself will be discussing deconstruction in anime. It's a fun word that gets tossed around every now and then about specific shows. And there's a lot of like preconceived notions about what people think is actually deconstruction in anime, whether it's a specific genre, a scene, a topic, a situation that happens during an anime. And people label it as maybe deconstruction or is this subversion? Is this satire? It's parody. We're going to talk about all of that on today's episode. So let's get to introductions. Miles, you see him in Watch Club. How's it going today, Miles? It's going great. Uh, and Pete, is this the first time we're doing an, uh, an episode, just the two of us? I want to say yes. The Yeah, I honestly, now I think about it, yeah, I think this is our first solo, or I should say solo, our first duo. It should be fun. Um we got a couple topics on hand we're going to talk about, but mostly we wanted to jump in to deconstruction. It's a topic that, or it's a word that gets tossed around. We've seen it when it's describing shows like Neon Genesis Evangelion, Madoka Magica. I've seen it been thrown around with like One Punch Man, stuff like that. So I wanted to jump in and talk about it and what we think deconstruction is because before we even had this conversation or started this episode we were in discord talking and cat didn't know really what deconstruction in anime was and we got a really nice like pre-banter conversation and it's really showed like maybe what i interpret as deconstruction and what you consider deconstruction in anime especially are two different topics so miles what are you well, like what do you think like deconstruction in anime is whether it's a topic or a genre or a scene, like what do you, what are your thoughts on deconstruction in anime? Yeah, sure. So like one, I want to give a shout out to Kat. So uh, the, my introduction to deconstruction in anime, uh, much like, you know, some large percentage of the people listening, I'm sure was through Madoka Magica. So like I watched Madoka Magica. I like watched it. I really liked it. You know, I, I Google all the, the conversations and stuff. Um, you see the term get thrown around for it, uh, deconstruction, like, a lot. Um, I didn't really know what that was, looked into it. It turns out there's, like, this huge debate on if Monica is even an example of a deconstruction. Um, and so I think it's good, you know, like, when you hear a term like that and you, you don't know what it means, like, be like cat. Just, like, ask what it means. Google what it means. Like, try to figure it out. Because I think we just sort of let these things go. You know what I mean? Like we, we hear, Oh, this is that. And then you apply that to what you know about the show, but you don't necessarily know what the term means. And exactly, that's how we yes. get a term that's as like bastardized as deconstruction currently is. So, um, so like an anime more specifically, it's more to represent the tropes that we see on, on the screen. Yeah. So for like, for anything, um, what a deconstruction is in the term, that like we're using it there's like a lit literary deconstruction thing that it, it's a little bit above my head you know i'm not like a english lit major or anything but the way we use it in media um you know like anime specifically in our case is like you have a common trope um you know something that we sort of suspend our disbelief for that we just accept because of uh, maybe the genre it's in or because we're watching anime or, you know, if we're reading a comic book or a manga, there are things we just accept, um, like common tropes, you know, uh, the character archetypes, for example, um, you know, uh, that sort of stuff, um, like first girl, you know, that's a trope. Um, so what a deconstruction does is thinks about the trope outside of that context, outside of the show that it's in, the genre that it's in, like, and tries to apply it to reality to make the, tr the trope, I guess, more realistic in a way. Um, you know, how would this trope happen in real life? Um, uh, an example you might think of is, think about, like, action movies real quick, you know? And people are, are walking away from explosions and, you know, they're looking super cool. Cool guys you know? don't look at explosions. Yeah, exactly. And they so, stride um, forward in their diamond-covered <laughs> boots. They wear jumpsuits of glittery rhinestones. But don't think about the people you killed. Exactly. And, like, um, what's the, the Will Ferrell, Marky Mark movie? Oh, um, the other guys. The other guys, right? So there's the scene where there's the explosion, and they get, like, knocked off their feet and are, like, deafened temporarily and just, like, freaking out because of that so like that's sort of like a deconstruction what would it be like if someone 
was just calmly walking away from a massive explosion in the real world. Um, and, you know, we didn't care about the cinematography, like, that sort of stuff. Uh, so that is what a deconstruction is. Um, so uh, do we want to talk about what it's not, or do we want to, like, give some more anime examples of deconstruction? Like, what, what do you want to do here? Yeah, I would like to talk about, like, what we see in anime... And I think, like, I want to get into, like, the big buzz shows, like, the Neon Genesis, because I think that is probably the most common one that gets tossed around when you think, when at least when I hear the word deconstruction anime, my mind goes to Neon Genesis, and we can maybe debate it later, it also goes to Madoka Magica, and just what, what about Neon Genesis is, like, why is that always, like, considered the, like, the the trophy child of deconstruction for anime. Like what about it has these deconstructive themes and elements that people gravitate towards? Or sure. so like, um, Ava is like a really interesting example to me because it gets commonly thrown around as like a deconstruction of mecha anime. Um, and I'm going to admit, I don't have a super, uh, deep mecha, um, watch basis, you know? So I, I haven't, especially for anime that are coming out before Evangelion, um, you know, but I do know that a lot of these things, um, like these super robot shows and stuff, do emphasize things um, like uh, the pilots being afraid and like the issues of um, a child being like thrown into like a warlike scenario. Um so I don't know if Evangelion is necessarily a deconstruction of mecha anime, but what I do know is that Evangelion has a lot of deconstruction, um, just of lots of anime tropes. Um, you know, so where is something where mecha anime might commonly, uh, and that might not be true or not. I know some of the Gundams do it, you know, so like I know that it, wasn't I, unique I for think, Ava. I think, like, the biggest thing behind, like, Shinji and, say, other mecha pilots is that a lot of them are, like, soldiers and they're willing to go into this Gundam or, like, a Gundam or mecha robot. Like, they're fully, like, aware of the situation at hand where Shinji is, like, a scared child. He's thrown into a situation where he has no knowledge of. And that's kind of, like, where, like, you, you always view, like, the guy who's piloting Gundam Unit 1 or something like that. He is the hero. He is the main character. He is the savior of the land, where Shinji is, like, just this scared teenager, and he's yeah. not really wanting to be that person. So, the, the difference, like... So, like, say someone was a... Sh like, you're not... Shinji wouldn't be deconstructing, um, like, a soldier who was that, right? Because he's not. So it's not looking at that trope realistically. Yeah, for sure. It would be looking at something where... Um, you know, like a, a child is randomly like a chosen one kind of thing. There's a chosen one element in Evangelion. Yes. Um, I don't think that is necessarily common to mecha anime. It, it might be uh, common below if you know a lot about mecha anime. And Unless you, you consider Attack on Titan a mecha. Um, <laughs> well, that has some chosen one aspects to it as well. Um, but the the stuff that like Evangelion deconstructs are like the dairy archetypes um you know so asuka i think is a great example of a um like a sundere uh deconstruction so you have sundere's right they're angry they berate you um you know they're asking if you can practice kissing with them and then the next moment they're calling you baka senji and punching you in the face um so uh ava like goes into the psyche of a character like that. It doesn't just say this is an archetype of a character we have. It examines why someone would end up like that, right? And so you have Asuka um, being examined. You know, she has a horrible, dark past. You know, her mother killed herself. She has hangups about um, if her father, like, loved her. She has this extreme innate desire to prove herself. She thinks working together is like a sign of weakness, you know? Um, any show of meekness or anything like that, like Shinji has, she views as, you know, pathetic to quote her. 
um, more so than you know just the way someone is. Uh, Ray, right? You have the Kudere type, very quiet, submissive sort of person. Like, what makes someone so so much like that, right? To the exaggerated degree that these Dere archetypes are, um, you, you know. She's a real doll. <laughs> She's literally a clone. Yes. Yeah. yes, like right, like she was programmed to be like that, to be submissive, to follow orders. Um, you know, it 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 really goes into um what you know in the mind of Anno would need to happen um for these things to to come true, to be possible in the real world. Um, you know, uh. Just one quick other Ava thing. Uh, the accidental groping scene in Ava is like one of my favorite scenes in it. So, you know, the accidental groping scene is usually a trope that's played for laughs in anime. You know, like, um, oops, the I male fell character, over. Yeah. Yeah. Like falls over, accidentally grabs a girl's boobs or whatever. And then it's like, oh, no. And like, it's like, it's this whole to do um, where, you know, the girl is like, you meant to like fall over and it's like you know this whole comedic bit it can be funny sometimes um i remember specifically it was kind of funny and um if her flag breaks there was like a good scene with it um shit it's the entire plot of yamanaku to the seven witches <laughs> yeah um but in evangelion right shinji falls on ray and like they actually fall um she treats it like he tripped it's awkward and weird just like you know it it could be in real life where someone isn't assuming that you're doing the trope in real life, right? Like they think you fell and then your hand just happened to land on their breasts, but like you're naked, please get off me. Like, you know, I need to get my clothes on. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so like that I think is very, uh, like another example of deconstruction where it's just applying to like a trope in general and not specifically like a genre you know um but uh, evangelion has a lot of it and it uses it and this is an important point of deconstruction deconstruction for the sake of deconstruction isn't super deep it's one of many tools you can use to help enhance your themes and things like that so in a that's show a, like that's Ava, a really good point because i think a lot of people consider like deconstruction as like this deep like um literary like element that writers use to like express a point where really it's not really as deep as people think it is it's just like a tool that they use something just like co like writing a comedy trope or something like that yeah like it doesn't it's not inherently deep right like it it adds depth to stuff if you have something to say um you know like uh, evangelion is a lot about like what it means to find your identity in life and uh, despite the hardships of life is like okay to go on like should you continue life you know despite the fact that it's hard and difficult and painful like these are the questions Evangelion asks and by deconstructing tropes like the Sundere you're able to have these more fleshed out characters who have trauma and can be used in other ways to help ask these questions so like that's great but like um, you know, it, it doesn't need to be deep to, you know, enhance a story. Yeah. Um, a deconstruction doesn't mean, you know, that it's deep. The groping scene is just, isn't deep, right? It's just used to show Ray's character, yes. right? It yeah. takes a trope, it plays it a different way by showing it how it would happen, like, in real life to sort of demonstrate Ray. In a way, so like, yeah. it, it's just a it's a tool like symbolism or juxtaposition or anything like that that helps enhance the show, but it doesn't mean it's deep. Um, another thing that I think people conflate with deconstruction is that like, it means it's you know like darker or like edgier and stuff. And I think a lot of this comes both from Ava and Monica because they're commonly used examples, and they're both a little darker than their. Um, I guess, like, the idea of the shows in their genre, yeah. right? So, you know, but that doesn't necessarily mean something is deconstructive. And yeah. for something to be deconstructive, it doesn't need to be darker. So 
uh, as Pete is well aware, because I will never shut up about it, one of my favorite <laughs> series is um, the When They Cry series. So the first entry in that is Higurashi. Uh, it's a pretty popular anime, so I'm sure some of you have seen it. Um, spoiler alerts going ahead if, uh, if you haven't, but it starts off, it's like a very slice of life, almost K-On-esque show, right? Like a, a guy moves to a small town and he, he starts a he does club activities with his friends, you know, like that's what the show is about for like three episodes. And there's some like hints that like some stuff is going on. Um, and like episode four, it becomes like a murder fest. Um, you know, lots of people die. It's very gory and bloody. And it's just like a complete subversion of your expectations. It's a good time. Um, yeah, it's, it's not, the show's so good. Um, but that doesn't mean that the show is um, a deconstruction. Um, it's not like a deconstruction of slice of life. It's not a deconstruction of, you know, like school things or anything like that. Um, it's a show that has those elements that's just darker and grittier than that show would typically be. Um, but it's not playing any of the tropes and asking how they would fit into the real world. In fact, it's probably straying a little bit further from the real world because of these elements that are being added. Um, you know, so just because, you know, the most well-known deconstruction shows aren't uh, as cheery doesn't mean that that's what a deconstruction inherently yeah. is. So to go back to the Sundere example. I would love to um, because I actually have a question for you about yeah. probably the two most popular Sundere's and how they relate to deconstruction where you have Asuka who is... I think according to Bao, she's probably like the second highest, but the the highest, like most popular Sundre of all time is Taiga. Now is yes. Taiga a deconstruction of like the dairy type? Because we also see the backstory, you know, she has a terrible like life going on. Yeah. She lives by herself. She has no like parental figures. And so she lashes out because that's the only way that she can like kind of relieve herself, I guess I'll put it that way. Is yeah, that so a like, deconstruction as well? You know, or yeah, I, I yeah, I I would say it was. Um, now I will say I th I think that you know we we know we've talked about Toradora a lot. So oh, yeah. um, this is another interesting thing. So I definitely think Taiga is a deconstruction of a Sundere. You know, in my opinion, um, the stuff depends on like trope definitions. So it's gonna be different for everyone in some ways. Um, because I don't think there are like there's like a hard and fast definition of a trope out there you know it's not like science you know it's like a meter is x long it's well, like a funny you say that merriam webster actually defines <laughs> a sundere i was kidding okay. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so like with taiga we see what would have to happen to make her so violent and reactionary and hot and cold and stuff right like it, it, funnily enough it's like her relationship with her father um you know with some other things uh, to go with her, you know, some preconceived notions of her appearance. You know, there's some like Napoleon syndrome in there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, but where I think that Toradora might fall a little bit short um, isn't the fact that it ends like happily. Um, it's that it sort of falls back into those tropes towards the end. Um, you know, like Taiga never stops doing the tsundere baka hitting you thing. So like, yeah, you know, it, I, I think that that, you know, it, it confuses itself a little bit, but I do think the intention was absolutely a tsundere deconstruction. And I think it's a good example of why a deconstruction doesn't need to be like darker and edgier and grittier. I don't think Taiga's relationship with her father, um, you know, it's not pleasant, but I don't think it's like particularly darker or grittier than things we see in your normal sort of romance drama sort of show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so when, when you are done with your dairy though, I, I want to touch on the father trope when you are. Yeah, no, let's please. You want to do that right now? Yeah, let's do it okay, right now. So like a common, that's funny that we had two common themes of these Sundares were either like a parental figure or a father figure and nothing says father, father figure more in tropes than shown in anime. And I wanted to bring up 
Hunter Hunter. Spoilers alert if you haven't seen Hunter Hunter. Miles, I don't think you care. It's not going to spoil a whole lot for you. Yeah, please but spoil. <laughs> there's a there's a father figure aspect in Hunter Hunter, and I, I wrote this out as an example, and I want to get like Miles' opinion on like what he thinks deconstruction is, because I'm still learning as well. And in Hunter Hunter, the main character gone knows that his father is alive. His father is also a hunter. He's a world-renowned hunter, but he's just like a deadbeat dad. He's never been around Gon before. And all Gon wants to do is like have his father's respect. He wants to find his dad and like be like, hey, look, I'm a hunter too. Like, will you love me now? And so at the end of Hunter Hunter, Gon becomes a hunter. He finds his dad, and his dad's still like, Yeah, you're my kid, but I want nothing to do with you, really. Like I like I had sex with your mom and you got pregnant and that's what happened. Like it's cool that you're a hunter now, but could you please stop like following me? And then God never stops because he's just an annoying brat at times. So would that be like a deconstruction of like the shonen father trope? Because it's a lot of times in shonen, like the father figure is dead or gone, and that like what that does essentially is like allows the character to like free roam and do whatever he wants. Uh, in this case, it's kind of like that, but like we know the father figure is alive and mm-hmm. his goal is to like get his father's approval. Yeah, what do you think so about I think, that? So I think that I think that that's deconstructive of a trope, but I think it's not the trope that you might necessarily be thinking of. Um so like the you know, the trope of dead dads, that's not a deconstructive of because that's not like taking a realistic look at um, what it's like to have, like, a dead parent, sure. you know? So something like maybe Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, where the mom is dead, and it really affects the characters. Like, they also caused yeah. the death. <laughs> or they had a, yeah, so, like, there was a direct thing that they did um, that, I guess they didn't cause the death. But they caused the a, death, but, like, they caused the Yeah, yeah, there, there was some and, trauma yeah. associated there. But, um... Like, you see the negative effect of the absent parents in the two Elric kids um, and how it motivates them and how it determines what they would do and all of that, um, you know, throughout the series. So I think, like, that could be a deconstruction of that. Now, back to Hunter Hunter. Yeah. Um, You know, I think there is kind of a trope where... You know, the dad isn't super proud of the son or the daughter or whatever. But then, you know, the kid really, like, lives up to expectations, um, you know, tries their hardest and gains the parents' approval, right? Yeah, because we're kind of seeing that right now in My Hero, where, like, Endeavor was, like, the deadbeat dad. He's trying to, like, be a better parent and stuff like that. And then you see uh, Shoko or whatever his name is, the fire ice guy, like, become you know, like, a stronger world-class hero, yeah. and his dad's kind of, like, changing with that, where, like, in Hunter Hunter, it's, like, the exact opposite, where hunters are, like, make up, like, point oh 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 one percent of the population, <laughs> and if your son was a hunter, you would probably be insanely proud of your son. And in this case, he's just like, no, I want nothing yeah. to do with you. Yeah, so I think that's probably, like, I actually think the My Hero Academia thing is, like, a reconstruction. talk about that yeah. later. Yeah, 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 for um, sure. <laughs> But... Like, you know, of the common trope of, like, son goes on journey to impress father so that um, he can finally live up to expectations and the, the father will love him. And then they do. And the father's like, oh, I'm sorry, but I accept you now. You know, like, it's a deconstruction of that. What is the type of person who would abandon their son? Right. Are they the kind of person who would just be so easily swayed by their son's success? No, it's probably someone who, who had no desire to deal with that right yep. yep and then you know it, it sounds like it affects gone too and oh immensely yes in, in like ways that aren't positive as well yes. so you know it's probably instead of just being like a motivational factor it, it it looks more realistically at what parental abandonment would do to a child um and because it's not even like a death or anything right like the father is just like peace him out you know, and that that's going to have negative effects on a child growing up. And so, you know, that is oftentimes ignored in um, these shows where you just need the parents to be gone so that, um, 
the kids can go on adventures. Yeah, and like you know? force themselves into situations and like, oh yeah, like I guess like you just like run free, run wild type of thing. If you have no parental figure who's there to stop you, so then the story can just go wherever it wants to, essentially. Yeah, you don't need to ask the question. You know, why are their parents letting them do this? You know. Yeah. Um, and it's like. You know, because. Um, yeah. You know. I do have one more thing from Hunter Hunter that I want to bring up that we're on yeah, the topic of, of Hunter Hunter. And I, th- I, I, now this one I do think is like an actual deconstruction. And it's the character Hisoka. Now, Hisoka okay. is one of the strong, he's like, I guess in the story, he's probably like a top 10 strongest people in the world. And he's a bad guy. He is a ruthless murderer and everything like that. So. He knows he has power and he can do whatever he wants. And instead of like a normal bad guy trope, you have a lot of times you have like the bad guy wants to be the bad guy to have power, money, whatever. In his case, he uses his power to be like a pedophile. And I think you kind of see that in real life with like someone like Jerry Epstein or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Where (laughs) these people have the power, the money, what the means to create, or to like to make these situations where they know they can not looking back, not now, but like have the power to do whatever they want and get away with it. And I feel like Hizoka is kind of like a deconstruction because we normally don't see that in anime, regardless of genre where I think a lot of times they want to send like a message. So for example, like someone like Makashima from uh, psychopaths, he wants to change the world. He has like the ability to, you know, like, not be scanned or whatever and kind of get away with it. And he has like a real goal. Like he wants to like change society and all this stuff. Like, he, but Hisoka just like wants to fuck kids. And so is it a more like hedonistic approach on, um, like villainy, I guess. Yeah. I guess. Like, Cause like, if you really, if you truly were like one of the strongest people in the world like what would you actually do with that power and if you are a pedophile and you are now like one of the strongest people in the world you'd probably be a super pedophile and that's what Hisoka is and I think that's like it's honestly why he's one of my favorite villains and characters in anime history is because he's so unique compared to other villains he's like I'm going to dress up as a clown because I can and I'm going to like harass and assault kids because I can Okay. what do you think about that so, I would say, like, remember that, one, the the trope is, like, it, it depends, what trope do you think is being deconstructed? Here? Uh, being a villain, like a villain. Like, yeah, a, like okay. a very strong villain. Not just, so, like, a henchman, but, like, the mob boss. What I would say is that, like, there's probably a trope that's, like, like, I, I won't hurt kids or something, right? Where, like, evil people don't hurt children yeah like women and children or something yeah yeah yeah, like like, i think that's like fairly common i know that's common in like western comics and stuff yes um and i i imagine it's also like fairly common in you know some anime and stuff um what i would say about him being like a pedophile is that it probably like subverts that trope because like the being a villain and um, so just like or, him, not expecting him to be like a pedophile is more of a yeah. subversion than like a deconstruction because yeah, like, we so didn't the, see it coming type of thing. So like a deconstruction would be like if you had a trope, I'm trying to think of like how to fit it exactly, but like, um, because, because so let's say like, okay, so villains a lot of times have like tragic backgrounds and, or they come from like power. They want to maintain that. And I guess we don't really see that with Hizoko. It's just like the first time we meet him, we see this clown looking dude and we don't really yeah. have like this background to like see why he is the person who he is. So maybe there's, is he like a, like a Joker type character? Like, is he just evil for being evil? Cause he thinks it's fun. Um, like, I don't know who he is. So it's yeah. a little hard for me to. So it's more of like, I guess like he definitely like craves power. He wants to like find the strongest people and fight them type of person as well. But at the same time, he like, I I guess it's like, it'd be interesting to see like, if he was the strongest person in the world, cause he's not, but he's like really high up how that would like change him as a character okay. because he's always like actively searching for 
um, strong people, yeah. especially so, in kids. Okay. So a lot of <laughs> a lot of the time, okay, this is what I would say. You have these villains who are like noble in some way, right? Where they're obviously evil and villainous, but they they have like a code or something like that, right? They have a task they're trying to complete. Think Thanos. Um, think anyone who you end with did nothing wrong, right? Um, did Makashima do anything wrong? D- did Makashima do anything wrong? Yeah. You know, so like Makashima is like using his power and influence to attempt to better the world in his own twisted way. So, but like, what is someone really like? So this is how I think it could be a deconstruction. Um, what is someone really like who is willing to go to these lengths? You know, like, would they really be this like noble person who has a code and everything? No, there's someone who loves power so much that they're a pedophile. Yeah. You know, like, so I think that I think that there's like a point there that it's like it's deconstructive of the sort of like. Um, type of person who's willing to, like, go through these machinations that he's going through. Um like grand planning sort of thing, like trying to gather the strongest people to in, do whatever he's trying to do. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I would need to see the show to see exactly how it, how it fits. Uh, I don't think it's like a deconstruction of like villains necessarily. Like, cause I don't think villains is a, a, a trope is a trope. But, sure. But stuff like villains monologuing or, you know, like villains with a code or, okay. You know, stuff like that is a trope. And I, I think he would probably fit as a deconstruction of like a more specific kind of thing like that. Gotcha. Um, okay. Yeah. That that makes more sense. Yeah. I did that. Now that we talked about it, I definitely feel like it's more of a uh, subversion than an actual deconstruction, but there are like, obviously there's some parts, but I, yeah, it is honestly like, I think it's like kind of like a scale, you know what I mean? Cause like you can ask yourself, how would someone, really behave with this power and stuff would they have this code or would they make exceptions for themselves and like real life shows us that you know these like real life villainous people like are super willing to like go to an island and fuck children yeah so um you know hasoka doing that is probably at least in some ways deconstructive of these noble anime villains that we see from time to time you know yep for sure I was, I was just trying to think of, like, other villains. I guess since we're just on the topic, that would be kind of like that. But Hisoka was just, like, the first thing that came to my head because he's my favorite villain in anime, so... <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that, like... Um, you know, I, I don't know. Like, uh, All for One or something like that, right? Like, he's not a villain that... Um, is deconstructing anything he's like evil because he like likes being evil yeah. um you know and uh but you know he's not banging children so like you know that he, he's know not of. evil that we know of <laughs> that we know of yeah so like i mean i don't think my hero academia is gonna go there there's a 60 um, percent chance he's probably banged the kid though oh no <laughs> that's it's too high it's unfortunate. That's actually sixty nine percent. I did the math wrong. Sorry. Okay, let's not. <laughs> oh, we're not going there. We can't do this anymore. All right, that's fine. All right, let's let, let's <laughs> let's let's switch away from uh, the kids. Yeah, um, well, please. <laughs> is there anything like specific deconstruction thing that you wanted to bring up? Um, I know we briefly touched on Neon Genesis and we touched on my Hunter Hunter stuff. Yeah, I think. Okay, the best show to think of. Like, and the way that the community talks about things for, like, deconstruction is ReZero. So, ReZero deconstructs a lot of, like, power isekai tropes. Um, But the way that people talk about ReZero, I don't hear a lot of ReZero as a deconstruction. I don't know if you do, but, like... Uh, Bits and pieces, but it's really not, like... I don't think it's as prevalent as, like, Madoka or even Gellion or whatever it wasn't even the um, first isekai that came to my head when i thought of deconstruction grimgar right grimgar um, was, yeah that's what came to my head so the way that people talk about re-zero the way that i've often heard it pitched is like it takes a realistic look of what would happen if an otaku got isekai you know like 
that is the re-zero hook uh, for me. That's what I heard a lot of. Um, and I think that, like, that is sort of how you should view, like, deconstructions. It's taking a realistic look at trope, thing we do a lot, genre, etc. It doesn't mean darker, necessarily. Um, you know, something like... Um, Uh, oh, I can't think of it. Like, what? What's the? Um, give me some hints. I'll help you out. Log Horizon. Log right? Horizon. Okay. So, you know, you know, and even like shitty isekai, like High School of the Elite or whatever. Like, or the is that the, isekai? No, the High School Elite. Well, I don't. Know, the one for oh, all the, the smart people. The one like the high school. Even in another world, high school prodigies have it easy or something like that. Yeah, where it's like, anyway, things where it, like, a takes a look on, like, yeah. on how, like, people with advanced economic knowledge and theory would be able to affect a world that is, like, way behind on theory, yep. you know? Um, like, that that's deconstruction, you know? Like, what what would happen with this, like, normal trope? How, how would it occur? Um you know, if you like really go into examining that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's not always just like, this is gritty. It's just a way of looking at something that maybe normally happens, but more realistically. I guess that's like why Grimgar came to my head because how I think a lot of times it's Log Horizon, ReZero, even like Konosuba, you have characters that are transported into this world who have knowledge of the system that they're in. They're gamers. They understand like RPG elements. They understand yeah, it's intuitively, right? Yes. Like, yeah, and sometimes bit... even better than the people in the world. Yes, and then and a lot of times it's like it's they're not even like uh, I don't know. It's it's really interesting to see how like you get transferred to this world and like you you understand it within half an episode of what is happening, and you're like, this is my life now. And why Grimgar comes to my mind is the people that get transported in Grimgar have no knowledge of these RPG elements or they're not gamers. They're not, they're, they're very shocked of the world that they're in. They, one second they're in their life. The next second they're in a completely other fantasy style world. And now they have to work together to survive and they're scared. They're traumatized. They, they don't trust each other. They have all these different elements of, what would happen if you actually got teleported into another world? Because I would probably lose my shit, and that's what exactly. happens. That's what happens to Grimgar. They're like, <laughs> they're like crying because they're scared. They don't know what's happening. Yeah, uh, another Grimgar one is um, uh, when the the cleric dies. Um, yeah, like the the. I guess at yeah. the time he's kind of presented as the main character. He's yeah, he's like the leader at least of the group. Yes. Um. So, like, we see that, like, really affect the characters. And it affects them going forward. And they make decisions on that based off of his death forever. A lot of the time in anime and other media, but, you know, we're talking about anime here. Like, fantasy, isekai and stuff. um, If there is a permanent death, you don't... It doesn't always carry that weight um, in a super realistic way. People have noble deaths... Um, and they're like, oh, like, we'll use this to yeah. get better. And like, it continues and they don't get mentioned a ton and you or- don't see people grieving. You don't see people, you know, like for, for like a week later, you know what I mean? Like yeah, it, episodes even, later in, in fantasy, like the idea of death isn't permanent. Like, especially like isekai, it's like you, if you die it's in so many different elements, they're able to come back, whether it's through a resurrection spell, whether it's through collecting dragon balls or something like that. Like the idea of permanent death is like never there. And then Grimgar it is, and it's always there. It's always lingering for the cast. So you saying that is interesting. Um, because like that in itself isn't deconstructive because there, there's no. like two different yes. tropes, yes. but you know, something like how the respawning effect in uh, Log Horizon, yep. um, you know, it might be, like, deconstructive. Well, what happened, what would happen if you could, like, return? Like, would it take a toll on you? Would it affect your memory? You know, like, 
would you lose part of yourself coming back? Yes. Um, like, if so you, like, you, like, yeah, you experienced, if there's say there was an afterlife, if you say you died, you experienced an afterlife and then all of a sudden you came back into the real world. Like, yeah. how would you, what if that, what if that afterlife was dope as fuck? Like, and now, yeah, and now that's an interesting thing. And now you're back working at Aldi. Like, that's a great way to view, like, that's a great deconstruction potential, right? Like, having someone come back, but, like, um, it's traumatic for whatever reason because there's, like, an afterlife. If you have, like, what is coming back from, like, this post-world, like, um, you know, uh, not that that's, like, exactly realistic because we don't know if there's yeah, an afterlife, but, exactly. like, within the confines of a world where there is one, you can, can imagine it, that yes. that could be... And Cosima has like a little bit of that. It's played for laughs. I don't really think it's deconstructive, but no, like, where no. he wants, you know, he's like upset that he gets brought back because he can't hang out with Eris anymore. Um, so, yeah, he's like, I was having such a good time. Why did you have to resurrect me? And they have their conflicts. That's that's good. But um, do you want to talk about Konosuba at all by any chance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I think Konosuba is cool. I think it it definitely has some deconstructive elements. I think that it's like. Uh, primarily like a parody and also a love letter to isekai yeah um but you know things like how they have to work at the beginning village for so long and they have to scrounge around for you know partners and stuff it's sort of like a deconstruction of that um fantasy isekai rpg trope where you know you go in and you're immediately you know off to the races um, in Konosuba, we have like the first two seasons and they're in the starter town for like most of it. They go yeah. on a vacation once, yep. you know, but they don't, they don't really go adventuring. Like, you know, they go to the cave, which is right outside town. They go to the fields, which are right outside town. They go to the next town over, <laughs> um, you know, but they like, they're very centered around that opening hub. And that is, I think a more realistic take on like how living in another world would be, you know, you don't just immediately start going off on your adventure. You need to train and prepare and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Um, you know, so I yeah. think that that's, that's pretty good. That is good. Um, that being said, since Konosuba is mostly, like, a parody, I th I also agree that it's mostly a parody. Do we want to talk about, like, the differences between, like, deconstruction and parody and stuff like One Punch Man? Where is, especially just the anime, because I know the manga kind of, like, diverts itself off of the tropes in season one. But Yeah. Yeah. I think that'd so, be like, fun to talk about. So, like, I think, like, when, with with parody, you're taking a trope and you're, like, playing it up like, to its maximum potential, right? So you have, like, Saitama. You have the overpowered protagonist. What is us taking that to the most insane extreme, right? And you have Saitama. You have someone who can kill people in one punch. That's all it takes. All he has to do is punch you, and you're dead. Um, you know, where, like, a deconstruction would probably be more similar to, like... Um, like a Watchmen character or like yeah, Homelander sure. from the boys where yeah. you're taking this overpowered person and like, well, what does having this level of responsibility and power like actually play out like in reality, as opposed to like uh, taking the trope, not caring if it's realistic, just like playing it up. So like, you know, in Konosuba, you have the, um, Oh, this is an interesting thing we can talk about real quick. But you have, like, Megamine, who's, like, sure. the, um, you know, kind of, uh, I guess she's not a, what's the word? Um, Exploding hate, girl? Yeah, Ch Ch Chinibio, Chinibio. Sort of, like, but, like, you know, you have, like, the power-obsessed wizard sort of thing that, like, really loves their magic. And you, like, play that up to a thousand. Um, do you think darkness is a bit of a deconstruction? I'm wondering about this because, like, is it a realistic explanation for why someone would be like a noble paladin or like, is it just 
Like, I don't think so. They just but love like, pain and they love Well, being... that's the thing. Like, yeah. it's like, you know, like, what, someone who does things like this would have to be a masochist. Like, but it's also played up. So, like, like a lot, right? Like, she's, like, really a masochist. Yeah, like, like, I have a, I, yeah. I have a friend who, like, is... Um, or she's a... Oh, yeah, go yeah, on, tell yeah. us, yes. No, okay, no, I have a friend who's a masochist. Oh, um, what's her, what's she her name? Gets, she gets super... Is she sick. single? Um, she is. Will she be um, at the wedding? No. Damn it. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, like, she gets, like, actually annoyed at Darkness's portrayal, um, because of how, like, over the top it is, and, like, how much of, like, a parody it is and everything, so, like, yeah, I don't know. I think that's like pretty funny. This is yeah. a little my thing, but like I think that it sort of shows like the the blurred lines because there's like a little bit of deconstruction like there. Like someone who's willing to put their body on the line like that has to be a bit of a mask. It's like that's a try like a more realistic explanation of the sort of like selfless hero trope, right? But then it takes that and like paradizes it by you know making it go to a hundred, you know. Yeah, no so, pain, no gain, yeah. I think that sort of shows how these things, like, aren't super clear-cut and can, like, build into each other, and it's just our, like, these things aren't real. They're things that we're trying to use to, like, analyze commonalities between media, so. For sure. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I, I thought, I, I see a lot of, like, similarities between parody and deconstruction a lot of times, especially when I was doing some research a lot of people were saying, this is a deconstruction. No, this is a parody. No, this is a subversion. So Yeah, it's, I, you know, I, told, I, I said the story before, but I'll, I'll say it now. So I was, like, looking it up. Um, you know, there's this website, and it, like, has this thing called not a deconstruction. And so in it, it quotes a video. So I go to the video before I read the article, and it talks about how Monica is not a deconstruction. And, you know, it gives its reasons, explains what a deconstruction is, yada, yada, yada. Go back to the article, read it. Um, go to their definition of deconstruction, and Monica's listed is like a prime example. I saw that. Yes, yeah. I saw that so, today. Yeah, and, and so, it's like a deconstruction, and they list like each character, and like he, how each character is a deconstruction. I'm like, this is really like counterintuitive. So, like, what is going on with your website? The, the, yeah, so like the same. Yeah, so like it, but it's like it's tough because like at the end of Monica, like it's very reconstructive because at the end of the day, the power of friendship wins and solves the problems <laughs> right and the selfish the selfless wish like does the thing and like helps the people um and, and then rebellion comes out um yeah, yeah, yeah. but like <laughs> but like you know so you know the same show can like deconstruct things and then reconstruct things um and a reconstruction because i know we haven't defined this yet is like yeah when you when you take a trope that's been deconstructed and then you and you piece it back together as as the title says, um, in order to make it work in reality. So like, um, did you want to use Endeavor as the example since we already talked yeah, about we, it? Yeah, we we did talk about that. So like, I think Endeavor, you know, it, it takes like he's like you know the bad dad who who like doesn't doesn't care, right? And like that gets deconstructed, um, you know, or whatever. But like. Uh, you know, so Todoroki um, has this, like, bad relationship with him, um, but Endeavor wants to, like, be back in his life or something, it, but, like, he has to work to do it and change, and so it's showing how, you know, this, like, father-son, um, like, get-together that we see when, like, son does well, earns affection of father or whatever can actually work, like, in reality. Like, sure, you have some bad, you know, blood. You negatively have affected your child. But if you're willing to actively change yourself and put in the effort and all of that, you can accomplish what that trope was originally sort of setting out to demonstrate, right? Um, so... You know, I, I don't know. At some point, I get, like, a little confused in all of this, sure. <laughs> to tell you the truth. It's a lot. But, like, yeah, but, like, it, you know, when you have, like, say you have, like, a superhero. And people like to deconstruct superheroes a lot. Uh, God, they love to deconstruct superheroes. Um, so if you have a character and you start examining, you know, 
what is the psyche of someone like Batman like? What is um, someone with this much power and influence and extrajudicial whatever, you know? And you, like, look into all of that. And then you piece it back together and say, like, yes, these are, like, flaws. This person is imperfect. But the pursuit of justice is worth it because of, like, X, Y, and Z. You, you've, like, reconstructed that trope, right? Sure. So, like, yes. when you, you say, like, yes, I acknowledge the not the realism that you have presented with your deconstruction, but my end result is the same um, as the original trope and not as your deconstruction. Oh, that's yeah. That, interesting. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's pretty cool, right? Like it is. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's just like a, a neat way to, to like think about media and stuff. Cause it lets us relate things to each other. Um, in like a cool way, you know? So. Well, we, I think that's a really good point. And I know we brought up a lot about different types of anime that like I thought was deconstruction and on, in terms of specific genres. So I kind of touched that with Shonen and Hunter Hunter. We kind of did that with like Grimgar and ReZero with, um, Isekai. Yeah. So I, I have another example for you and tell me what you think about this. It's, uh, deconstruction in terms of the romance genre, especially the okay. harem genre. So there is a show called Clannad and Clannad Afterstory, and how I view it as a deconstruction of uh, harems specifically, but uh, I'll just say like harem romance. So how Clannad deconstructs itself, where we have two, two, I think two very important things in harem. One is the chase, and then two is the group of like the girls in this case. So how Clannad Afterstory kind of does it is um, not only does the main character pick a girl and choose her and they have a relationship and the other girls have to sit back and watch the relationship take place. Um, the chase is also done because you see the Afterstory aspect of them not only staying together but getting married and having a child, which is in very, very different from what we see in anime especially in romance because a lot of times it's if it is in a harem situation we never get the answer that we are looking for this is, is i should say specifically in anime in manga a lot of times the story is finished you know the end result a lot of times in harem and anime we'll get a season or two and it's go by the manga so that's why i think this is more of like a deconstruction uh, in anime because we we see the whole um story take place and then it's not always like sunshine and butterflies that harems a lot of times um or at least romance uh turn out to be especially when you have that relationship a lot of times the drama is very little to like almost zero it's just them and having like a fun relationship where an after story not only does nagisa the mom die but the child also passes away so we have this diff completely different yeah it's insane um, so with, in your eyes, would that be a deconstruction? Because like, to me, I can see like that kind of happening in like real life as well, where yeah. a cool popular dude has like four girls and he actually picks one and then shit happens. Sure. So like, I, I would say no, I, I, I would say this just like, it maybe is like more subvertive. So like, okay, what, well, yeah. If it's not deconstruction, what would that be? Yeah, I I would guess it's like so. Like in a harem, you normally don't expect to see the level of commitment that you're um, presenting in after story, right? So you know, like a lot of the times, there's like a, a girl is chosen, right? But um, it, it's sort of a bit ambiguous it's ambiguous enough that like the ships don't sink for the other girls you know um but it, it sounds like an after story he just like picks a girl and then like after story is the the tale of him with that girl yes yeah and yep. do the other characters sort of just they're yeah. not romantically interested anymore uh one kind of has like that always like uh what the what if factor i guess i'll put it that way but like you the characters like don't go away i guess like one of the characters becomes like their daughter's like preschool teacher so like she's not completely like written out of the story either so yeah but they're not like 
And the way that, like, DXD, like, Rias and Issei get together, but, like, also everyone else is still yeah, kind of, you know, like, race, it's not yeah. like that, right? No, um, no, they are a loving family with a child. <laughs> okay. So, like, I, the reason I don't think that that's, like, a harem deconstruction, right, is because getting together with one girl is not a harem trope. It's the opposite of a harem trope. Yeah. So it's, like, a genre switch or a subversion or something. Okay. So... You know, uh, like a harem deconstruction, which, which sucks. And this is an example of why deconstruction doesn't mean to show. Um, <laughs> it's like school days, right? Um, you, you know, what kind of guy... That's like picking a girl, but also picking other girls while you pick the girl. <laughs> so like, you know, a guy who has this harem, what kind of guy is he? Well, he kind of sucks. What happens when the girls find out about all the other girls? They kill each other, right? Like... That's not honestly that realistic. Like, it kind of loses itself there, but, like, that's what it's trying to do. It has happened. It, it has happened. That is so true. <laughs> um, you know, so we're, we're Clan Ed After Story... Or Clan Ed and Clan Ed After Story, I think it, like, it, like, sets up a harem, but then it sort of subverts your expectations by end up being, like, a... Uh, like, a just romance between two people, right? It yeah. ends up being... Um, it's not monotheistic. Monogamous. That's it. That's it. <laughs> and so, like, what it would need to be doing to deconstruct harem would to be still doing a harem trope, but in a way um, that's, like, more realistic. Like, how would this, like, hmm, like, girlfriend, girlfriend, maybe? Um, I haven't seen it. I've only had this explained to me, right? Oh, God, but, this show sucks it, ass. I, yeah. it, it, this might be another example of how, like, deconstructions can suck. But, like, yeah. in order to be in a polyamorous relationship, from my understanding, communication is, like, super-duper important. Um, like, more so than, like, a normal relationship, because you have, like, a lot of people. And so, my understanding of, like, harem shows are normally, like, guy just attracts women and everyone's cool with it and that you know just this is how it is um you know there isn't like a group discussion about this or whatever um but in girlfriend girlfriend right he like talks to the girl he's dating about bringing in this other girl yep and like they have like a realistic ish i don't know i haven't seen the show uh, yeah um, i would not say realistic but um I, I guess I see what you're saying. It's a harem, yeah. it's a harem where like they are like an actual harem. Like they're in There's an attempt for communication. Yeah. And I think it, it probably more closely mimics how like poly relationships happen in real life. They um, they animate it, but yeah, I, I see what yeah, you're saying. It, yeah. Like I you know, I don't I don't think it's gonna be like, you know, I mean it's girlfriend, girlfriend. But like <laughs> you know, they, I think it might, it's like trying to make a more realistic version of like a harem show. Um, and so that is maybe a bit deconstructed. Yeah. Because it's examining those tropes and trying to like explain them. Better. Yeah. It's because it's not like, like you said DXC before, where like, yeah, he chose Rias, but like, if he like kind of like did whatever with like another girl, it's like, it's fine. Like, it's not. Where this is just, like, they're in, like, a committed relationship with multiple people. And that's, yes. like, kind of, like, how it... Yeah, okay, I get it a little bit more. Okay. Yeah. Very so, like, confusing. I think the important, thing to, <laughs> the important thing to remember about deconstruction is that, like, what you're deconstructing has to be the same trope as, like, the deconstructive scene, kind yeah. of. Yeah, So, like... um you know, like, you know, anything where, like, for example, Sundarays and Asuka, right? They're both Sundarays, but one is taking a more realistic approach and trying to break down that trope and understand how it would work. Yes. In reality. They're not just a Sundare so, to be a Sundare. There's like a backstory to it. Yeah. There's like an attempt to explain why the trope is there. Um, whereas like, we normally expect this, but this happened, right? Like with Clonad After Story, is like subversion, 
Um, a very unpopular example of like subverting expectations would be like The Last Jedi, um, where oh yeah, um, right. And I actually love The Last Jedi. Don't yeah, tell you won. yeah, you won. Yeah, you won. Miles canceled. I I, I love two thirds of it. I <laughs> um the, the whole casino bit. Yikes. Um, but like you expect the heroes to save the day, they get betrayed and they lose, right? Um, you expect Ray's parents to matter, and I guess they do because they didn't storyboard all three movies before they wrote them because they suck. Um, but they don't, you know? Um, <laughs> but they don't. Y- you expect Luke to be this, like, heroic Jedi monk guy. Well, he's been beaten down by life, right? Like, that's all subversive. Um, it's not what you're expecting at all. But it's not taking a trope and like making it more realistic. It's just playing around with your expectations. Gotcha. All right. Well, I, that's all I had from my examples. Did you have anything that you wanted to bring up on your, that you want to talk about in terms of like deconstruction or anything along the lines of that? Um, yeah, I think I would just like, you know, like my, my last thing is like deconstruction is a cool way to like, look at things in the sense that like it's a tool that things use so you can like you know notice that like certain tropes are being deconstructed and think about like you know why this has been chosen to be done um a deconstruction doesn't mean a show is better or deeper or anything like that you know um i really like um you know these sort of like more meta commentary shows and stuff and myself included, but like the community of people like me who like these sort of shows tend to get a little full of ourselves sometimes. Um, and I think it's important to remember to, to not, um, to take things on its own merits and think about the, the themes, um, that deconstructing instruction or symbolism or juxtaposition or whatever might be trying to highlight as opposed to just like this does deconstruction that's in and of itself of merit. That's not yeah, 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 yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I personally don't like looking at genre deconstructions. Um, some people do. I, I think that what a genre is, is a little too hard to define in my own personal taste. It's too shifty and evolves over time. Um, I, I can't always take things in the concept in the context of when they were written. So I just like to look at individual tropes, um, you know, but there's a lot of ways that you can look at this. Um, and if you want to discuss this, Discord's below. Wow. There's great, below. great, great yeah. plug. And I think you made a really good point at the end of that. It's more of like discussing the deconstruction and the tropes in the show itself rather than the show itself being like an actual deconstruction of X genre, unless we're talking yeah. something so like, very specific. Yeah, like Evangelion isn't good because it deconstructs Sundarays. Evangelion is good because it really delves into like the psyche of these children and what it means to be a human. And part of the way that it does that is by deconstructing Sundarays, right? So, um, you know, it just it's a bit yeah. of a buzzword, but yeah. like I would love if we could reel it back in and um, you know try to take a more holistic approach of how we look at stuff. Absolutely. I think this was a great conversation. I I learned some stuff because I've said it before and I will say it again. I am really bad at this type of thing. If it wasn't for math, I wouldn't have gotten into college. So <laughs> if I had to write a paper on what deconstruction was, I think you could tell during this episode, I probably would have got like a C minus. Um, well, I think I like I, I mean, like, I think you're using it how you've you've heard it. Right. People talk about Monica being a deconstruction, but then they talk about things like mommy dying or whatever, or, um, you know, the girls becoming witches or something like that. Yeah, because like it's and, magical girls that are cute, so death is a deconstruction where that's not the it, case. That that's not that is yeah, that's like a subversion of your expectations, and there are deconstructions in there, but like, you know, it's. Monica isn't just a deconstruction, you know, like it's a magical girl show that deconstructs some of the tropes, reconstructs some of the tropes, tropes, plays some of them straight, and then does a bunch of other things, you know? So, you know, I, I think that it's important to use the words correctly so that they don't like lose their meaning. Words, um, words mean things. Yes. Yeah. 
And uh, and context matters. I think it would help us, like as a community, be able to to talk about things more. You know, when I started looking into this a while ago, I was like super surprised to see like how many examples of deconstruction a show like Naruto has. You know what I mean? Because like you know, I came in with the same like deconstruction is like this like quote unquote lofty like art piece thing, and that's not what it is, and it doesn't need to be that. Um, and you know, it can be super cool to talk about how shows like Dragon Ball Z or Naruto or whatever deconstruct things too. It doesn't need to just be, you know, fucking Tatami Galaxy or whatever. Yeah. Um, so. Can't wait for the sequel though for that one. Oh God, I'm so excited. Yeah, really you have fun. to watch, you have to watch the movie. I will watch the movie. The movie is so I, I good. I probably got a year before the show comes out, so it's all but good. You, uh, the movie is like an hour and 30 minutes, Pete. I've read five volumes of Berserk. Watch the movie. <laughs> You've read five volumes of Berserk? Wow. Okay, well, in that case, then I'll just... I'll watch everything that you ever want me to watch. Um, five, they're big volumes. <laughs> they're, they're, they're huge. Yeah, the Eclipse is great. Watch Berserk, read Berserk. Um, ooh, Deconstruction of Berserk would be fun. But um, that being oh, I said... Bet there's a lot of it. I bet there's a <laughs> shit ton in there. Uh, that being said, that's going to conclude our episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you are interested in talking deconstruction anime manga video games sports politics who cares anything join our discord it's in the description below if you're watching us on like youtube you should leave a comment what your favorite version of deconstruction is an anime that you enjoy or manga or something that i could talk to you about um if you want to support the podcast the best way to do so is like comment subscribe leave a rating whatever platform you're listening on is by far the best way to support us i don't need your money i just need your likes please thank you so much um, in a week, we will be watching Afro Samurai for Watch Club. Yeah. It is a bi-weekly group discussion on, on anime that we vote on in Afro Samurai 1. So if you're interested in that, you can see us in a week. But other than that, thank you so much for watching or listening wherever you are. And we will see you next time.